Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. I'm Corwin Heller. And uh, yeah, we're welcoming back Corwin Heller. Boom. Back, there he is. There's two There's two screens on the screen again. Um, and to make up for lost time, Corwin, uh, his camera decided, fuck it. And it's it's having fun today. Um so it's like it's like Corwin. It's a spicier visual for Corwin. It's an effect we didn't add, but we appreciate the presence. It's like if I wasn't enough of an annoyance to your ears, I'm now here to torture your eyes as well. Not only can Corwin not oh. form sentences, his camera can't form images. Um, anyway, Oof. could you imagine if I was like a complete functional human being? No. Like, do you imagine where I would be in life if I was? No, I can't. Um, Ben Shapiro, maybe. Oh, don't. Oh, no. Anyone but that. Oh, all right. Well, I, I in all honesty, I think I'd rather be like Mitch McConnell than Ben Shapiro, because at least Mitch want McConnell a hot Asian wife? has. Well, yeah, like hot Asian wife. Sure. But like. Mitch McConnell at least has like money and power and like Republicans respect him, I guess. What does Ben Shapiro have? Uh, hot sister. Is he really? <laughs> yeah. I bet he jerks off to his sister. Oh, he That's totally does. Creep. He totally does. It's Ben Shapiro. Nothing. There's no there's no standard that's too low for the fucking weirdo. But that's not what the show is about. <laughs> um, Could be. It could be. We're talking. We're talking a lot of NFL talk today. A little bit of MLB talk in that vein. I'm wearing my my Hispanic Heritage Night uh, <laughs> Trenton Thunder hat. And I'm right, it's a very hats. spicy lightning bolt swinging a bat. That's 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 it. Um. Anyway, <laughs> this was a fun. This, I, I I love this hat, but it's also a very specific one because it's like a very blight very bright baby blue and it's like that doesn't go with a lot of your outfits you know it's a it's a big choice wearing (laughs) wearing this one out and about but that's my problem is i have so many like dark blue and black hats because they go with everything i don't have like very many colorful ones because it's like what do you wear this with anyway um there's not too much going on in the world of baseball that we really have anything like overly constructive to say spring spring training is still in full effect. Um, Getting ready for the regular season to start up in a few more weeks. Um, Spring training games have started up with nine innings now. So games are now going pretty much normal length and it's starting to feel it's beginning to feel a lot like baseball season. Um, And you know, injuries are already starting up. Zach Britton is going in for, um, bone spur surgery for his elbow well he actually already got it um what is he 80 um he has the usage on his arm that an 80 year old man does i'm sure i bet that's a thing i bet when you're like a really old pitcher your pitching arm is just worse like when you're 75 there's no way that both arms feel the same because Mm -hmm. one arm's done so much more stuff in its yeah. life, you know? 
I imagine they have to become ambidextrous at some point because their pitching arm just goes kind of limp. Amphibious, yeah. (laughs) All pitchers become aquatic. (laughs) It's like reverse tadpoling. They start at human and then like deform into the human tadpole. You'd love to see it. Long distant relative of the human centipede. <laughs> love to see it. Um, so it's a movie yeah. I've never seen and will never see. It's fucking hilarious. Is it really? It's fucking hilarious. And it gets right into it. It's like it's like immediately like, oh hey, he's sewing those girls' butts together. Well, face to butt to face to butt. But anyway, um it's such a funny movie. Um it's should still I not eat over the vanilla about. pudding or should I eat the cuttlefish? <laughs> okay, I'll eat the cuttlefish. Excellent South Park reference. Yeah. Um anyway, so Zach Britton's hurt. Um Carlos Carrasco stopped pitching. Apparently that's not very serious. But you know, hey, it's the start of baseball. People are hitting home runs and hitting the IL. That's kind of how it goes. Um the only thing truly of note that we've gotten out of um, baseball talk, I think, thus far, is that stadiums are now starting to figure, or I guess teams are starting to figure out or decide how much occupancy they're going to have opening day. And, you know, part of this is going to be based upon um, government regulations within the states. You know, different states have different levels of gathering that they're uh, permitting based on CDC guidelines and all that type of stuff. coupled with just how teams feel like doing shit. So that brings us to um, the team that is by far been the most perplexing with their choice. And that's the Texas Rangers who have decided to allot for 100% stadium capacity on opening day. And, you know, like I get, you know, we're not going to get into the, 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 the politics of Texas government here because uh, not the show, but the, te- the Texas governor, I understand, is allowing – he lifted all restrictions. You can do whatever the fuck you want in Texas now um, so long as the business approves it. But that's the thing. The business can still say, like, yeah, like, we know the governor said you can do this, but we're just going to allow 25% just for the first few weeks and because we're not sure. I mean, in three weeks' time when the season starts, Texas could be even more of, of, a, of, a, of a mess than it is today. And Difficult. It'll be difficult for them. But they could get there. I don't because I mean, like, imagine, imagine the Rangers. Because this, this is the part that, that really gets to me from from like that that cold blooded capitalist mindset, which is I don't want to waste any time, effort, or labor. Um, imagine it gets worse, and you already sold out on opening day, and now you got to like refund a bunch of tickets or do a bunch of rescheduling. Fuck that shit. Do it at twenty five, and if shit gets better, oh, announce you're going to raise the limit, and then people will buy more tickets. As you open up more seats, I don't, I don't get, I just don't get this from a public health perspective. Cause it's also a huge middle finger to the people in Texas saying, we don't give a fuck about your health. Give us your money. Yeah. Um, and also very bold of the Rangers to think that they can sell out a, a stadium right now. They are very bad. Oh, I, th- I, I have to imagine that's part of the situation where they're, willing to go out and say oh we'll be you know full capacity you know we'll, we'll sell them all all the tickets you want to buy we'll sell them to you but they're like all right this actually isn't going to be that bad because like six people are going to come 
then again, it's Texas, and I imagine nobody gives a shit, so they think it's full, you know, no no holds barred, so they yeah. can just go full tilt and go all in. That was like three idioms back to back. I I should I should watch that. I should not do that. Yeah, that was that was a bit much, but hey, you know, you made it through the end, and you didn't you didn't conflate any of them, so I guess that's something. Yeah, uh, I at least got the sentence that's better than i usually do yeah yeah it's really the high water mark um i i you know i i think part of it's like this is the first year at the stadium the new stadium um well it's it's the second year at the new stadium um but it's the first year that they'll be playing there that any fans will be allowed at all um and like hey i get you want people there uh doesn't mean you fucking should um it it Look, man, I, I know it's asking a lot for like this very base amount of concern um, from what is still at the end of the day, a company. Uh, but, oh, boy, golly gee, I wish they'd care a little bit more. Um, fuck, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. How strapped for cash are you? Really? How stra- uh, well, the yeah, Texas Rangers could be but- better. Oh, all right. Might be. Uh, whatever. How is it? <laughs> Wait, who is the uh, ownership group for the Rangers? Is that uh, is that a singular family or is that uh, a group of people? Hold on. Texas Rangers ownership. Um, <laughs> its principal owner is Rangers Baseball Express, LLC. Um mainly mm. ray davis and bob r simpson how is it that two grown men in their 70s can't have like a billion dollars between them oh well, well the, economy. Know, the economy economy <laughs> nice all we're here to do is get each other's references that's that's what this podcast was founded to do give us a place to make references and just not be us quoting stuff back and forth in an empty room all the time Hey, uh, pop quiz. Where do you where do you think um, Bob R. Simpson got his money from? Oil. Hey, nailed it. Where do you think uh, Ray Davis got his got his money from? Renewable energies. Uh, nope. Pipeline, transport, and natural gas. Uh, oil. Got it. Yeah. 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 It, it. It's Texas. Fuck it's the environment Texas, and your health. Um, that's Dallas. Yeah, that's the funny part is like, I'm sure Houston is not going to have 100% capacity. And it's going to be such a clear rift between the uh, Dallas life and Houston, the the perception of Dallas and the perception of Houston, which Dallas is like, I think, seen by outside Texas people as old Texas and Houston seen as new Texas. But yeah jesus christ can i can i just jump in here this camera's definitely getting worse right like this is this is getting bad it is but i love it um <laughs> all right so uh, i guess that that's really I, I know it's so lackluster but there's really not too much else going on in the world of baseball right now no new contracts have been issued no exciting trades have really gone on so i mean there's more nitty-gritty stuff as teams try to figure out 
opening day rosters and you get to see some young dudes that you don't usually get to see and all that type of stuff. But it's not we're we're big picture on this podcast. All right. We're not nitty gritty. We're not here to give you fine tuned fucking details. No, no. That's somebody who's know. better at their jobs job. We're here to talk about big things that are very easy to talk about um, because we're very lazy. That's what we're here to do. So let's right. talk about Dak Prescott. Lazy. Oh, wait. Dak Prescott. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Dak Prescott signed a four-year, $160 bajillion contract with Dallas. Um, so I is guess that, let's start. an accurate figure? Yes. Um, okay. $160 bajillion. Um, so we're averaging out at $40 million a year. Let's start with that before we get into how it kind of breaks down. Um, Value-wise, how do you think the Cowboys did? I, I think it's great. I think it's a honest, in all honesty, a very team-friendly deal. Uh, even after you know everything they went through, it's it's something that they got at a discount. Something they got, someone they got at a discount. We're not going to go down that roll road. Fuck, god damn it! The words they stopped immediately. I complimented myself, and they just completely left my brain. Um, but no, flew I think it's a, flew a, too close to the sun, Icarus. Jeez, yeah. I hate myself. Yeah. Right, Canadians, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that, I think Dallas got themselves a good deal. I think Dak got himself a a fair deal. You know, I don't think he. Uh, this isn't you know an Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna type deal where they got fleeced by the team. I think it's fair to both sides, but uh, you know, with everything involving the cap situation this year, um, I think the Cowboys got out uh lucky i think they got lucky here with um how they still have some flexibility to move things around and sign dak long term i mean obviously signing dak was the priority and they needed to sign whatever number on this check that he really demanded uh at the end but uh they got it done and uh got it good on them i think the cowboys actually have a chance at winning the superstar filled NFC East this year. Yeah, I mean, truly the uh, the hotbed of uh, quality and competition. Uh, yeah, Dallas went two and three this year with Dak Prescott, and then they finished the year six and ten, which means that they finished their season going two. Or sorry, uh, four they and seven. Finished the year six and ten. Yeah, isn't that their whole season? <laughs> yeah. They finished the year six and ten. I guess just the way you phrased that threw me for a loop. I mean, that's fair. I am struggling today, so whatever. Um, so they they finished down the stretch going four and seven, which uh, it's it's just so hard to imagine that they wouldn't have won more games if Dak Prescott had been there, um, because he is, I think, universally better than Andy Dalton. Um, <laughs> don't think that's a controversial statement and it's also pretty easy to look at that and say that they end up winning the division because the team that won the division in the NFC East won it going seven and nine and Dallas went six and ten and if you're telling me Dallas couldn't rub two more wins together at the end of the season with Dak Prescott as their quarterback uh, I got a fucking bridge to sell you um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, well, I got a monorail to sell you. Hey. Yeah, I got a, I got a beach full of sand. I'm going to push you. But 
Yeah, I mean, Dallas, this, hey, first off, great for Dak because it's a lot of this shit is guaranteed money. We're going to get into that in a second. But good on Dak for still being able to get his money um, in what I would imagine is a longer time frame than he would have wanted. I'm sure he would have wanted this contract last year um, when it was a pretty public uh, conversation about what was happening with this. Um, but, hey, you know, he's stuck with Dallas. He he wanted to be there and didn't try to get uh, either hit free agency and go somewhere else or demand a trade, which I'm not saying that has um, that means anything if you do do that and you want to get away from your team. But Dak clearly wanted to stay with Dallas. So it was great that he was able to work something out and get that part of his, uh, you know, short term uh geographical security down you know he knows he can now buy a house in dallas for at least a few years if he wants to um and he gets fucking paid you could buy yourself a pretty nice house in texas with that contract yeah or uh i don't know arlington i guess yeah uh, or he could live in oklahoma tickets you could buy the rangers opening day with that contract yeah like uh i don't know probably buy out the stadium for the next fucking year that was a callback joke. Calling back the conversation we just had. Uh, from Dallas's perspective, they they're under the cap for this upcoming season. They're actually under the cap for next year too. Um, and beyond that, you, you fucking figure your fig- you figure your shit out. Um, but combined with the fact that they have uh. No other gigant. They have a they have a bunch of decent sized contracts out, but they have no other giant contracts out that I could think of that would really be holding them back. And their division is so fucking weak. Um, Washington is poised to get slightly better. Um, every team could maybe get better, but that's kind of it. Um, so we'll we'll uh, yeah, I I I I think it works out well for both of them. Um, this still has Dak Prescott hitting uh, free agency again when he's a uh, 32, and that's a pretty nice position to be in. That's a that's a pretty great time to be signing your third contract. 32, tail end of your prime. You still got you know all things considered with how things have been trending with uh, you know big time quarterbacks lately. You, you could get yourself a pretty fancy deal right at the uh, the end there. Philip Rivers got a one-year deal when he was 38 or some shit. I'm sure Dak mm-hmm. could get another three, four-year, four maybe pushing it, but two or three-year deal when he's 32. I I think you're being uh, a little stingy there. I think he could easily get himself a six-year deal at 32. Um, I mean, look at it. Look at the, the kind of contracts guys sign when they're older. They're signed through past their prime past their their end of uh end of the line i guess i don't know basically you know past when you would want to have them at quarterback ideally because they have the talent that's how long they want to sign for they want to have that guaranteed money throughout you know their career they don't want to risk injury at an older age you know they don't want to resign a, or try to sign themselves to a new contract when they're 36 you know like you're not going to get anything there unless you're a Hall of Fame quarterback like Philip Rivers. So I think he'd take a lower AAV to sign through like 38. And I think the team that signs him, likely the Cowboys, could look at it and say, hey, 
all these other, you know, superstar quarterbacks are, are lasting longer and longer. It's just easier to stay healthy. It's easier to recover. You know, surgeries are not as, you know, career threatening nowadays. We'll take that risk and sign him to till he's 38. <clears throat> Set a reminder for like 10 years from now to see who's right. I mean, it would be four years from now, but point taken. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm erring on the side of stinginess be only because if I'm Dak personally, I probably try to cash out on at least one more big money contract and take the shorter term just because these are the only real working years that you're going to guarantee yourself. Um, obviously, you can transition to coaching afterwards or front office positions afterwards, which a lot of players do. Um, and a lot of them do really well, especially a lot of quarterbacks. Um, but in terms of playing time, it's a very small number of, of your of your life that you'll be able to get like big, big money like this. And me personally, I'd, I'd rather take a high AAV for a short term, get that money, and then sign up, I guess, what would be his fourth contract when he's uh, 34, 35, and ride that shit out into the sunset. But both are viable strategies. It really just depends on where he's at in terms of um, his his play situation with the team, uh, how much how much he's feeling his finances, and uh, and uh, how long he wants to fucking play for. But yeah. either way, he's positioned himself super well, and that's the thing that's not. I, I think it's not getting quite as much love. Is um, the term on this is so nice for Dak because you know Patrick Mahomes' contract is huge and amazing and it's the only one who's probably ever really gonna he might sign a couple more years at some point down the line if he's you know aging like like uh like breeze i'm not gonna say brady because that's too much but even just aging like breeze um who was you know a five thousand yard a year guy um who just transitioned to being super accurate and throwing shorter passes um you know, Mahomes might get another one down the line from there, but Dak, Dak's going to have another contract that's going to be real fucking nice and have the ability to not have to exercise an opt-out or anything in order to get it. Um, so it's it's a really great position for him to be in. Um, yeah, I wish I was a superstar athlete at the most important position, important individual position in all of sports so that I can just sign myself the billion-dollar contract. Oh, sorry. You pulled Mike Trout, and now you're stuck on the Angels. <laughs> I Compared to fucking where I am right now, yeah, I'll take half a billion dollars to go play for the Angels. I, I could live with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're asking whether or not <laughs> I would rather wipe my own ass with $100 bills for 30 years, or wipe my ass with one ply toilet paper for the next 30 years? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. What a question. Hmm. It's a tough one. Yeah, it's a, re it's a Let real thing. Let me get thinker. back to you after I crunch the numbers. Really? You had the setup to say the name of the show and you chose not to? Oh, buddy. <laughs> you got two out of three of the words. <laughs> Oh, buddy. I I would just like to say to friends, family, and, and the loved ones who who I, I I I'm sorry. I let you down. Oh, buddy, it's okay. That's oh, I okay. should have muted myself before I did that. God damn it! 
Oh, don't worry about it. I literally right. did a mic drop. <laughs> Is that what that was? I did. I was looking at a web page. I didn't see it. Um, oh no! I literally just like held my mic out and dropped it onto my bed, and I was like, as soon as I let go, I was like, that's gonna sound awful. I'm 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 really glad you didn't address the fact that I just called a website a web page. Like I'm a fucking ninety year old man. Um. Anyway, so I guess let's 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 talk briefly. Um, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it about the fact that the NFL salary cap as a whole is decreasing this year pretty substantially and for the first time in a little bit um it's so this past season 2020 the salary cap was set at 198.2 million dollars it is now going to be in 2021 um 182.5 million dollars that is a uh 15.7 million dollar uh decrease or eight percent of cap um corwin what did you uh what do you make of this drop? That's tough. That's going to be tough for a lot of teams. That's going to be tough for, you know, the league as a whole. Absolutely. Um, it's just one of those situations where the league had an opportunity to kind of step in and, you know, work with the NFL players association and say, Hey, you know, the, the CBA is written in a way to, you know, ensure the cap rises every year in a way that, you know, we fully expected and, you know, projected that naturally cause or revenues would rise, rise, revenue would rise every single year. And that would allow players to make more money. And everyone loved it. Well, when you have these unforeseen circumstances come in, the way the language is written, it kind of forces us to be in a situation like this where shit's fucked yo um and i'm sure the nfl and, and the nflpa could have come together and signed an agreement saying hey we're gonna postpone this for a year we're gonna you know put a, a hold on the salary cap and just basically carry it over from last year keep it standard and honestly there's no reason they they should have let this get to this point you know the whole premise of, oh, it needs to be based off of revenue. So, you know, it's all fair for all teams, you know, rich teams can't, you know, run away with it or, or be at an advantage versus, you know, poorer teams. That way everyone's, you know, basically pulling from the same pool. The teams are going to make it up next year. You know, the team should, the difference between 182, I think it is what 182.4 or something like that. 182.5. Yeah like 190 195 whatever it was it doesn't even oh, matter it's just 98.2 wow yeah so that's a pretty substantial difference i think all these teams have 20 million dollars in the bank somewhere they can get this kind of money they could take an interest free loan from the nfl if they needed to there's so many solutions to this to prevent this kind of you know team decay where teams are having to cut substantial players they're having to cut you know playmakers they're having to cut you know team leaders because they just they, they can't fit under the cap you know the way these contracts are, are built they grow in size you know players make more every single year uh, depending on their the way their contract is structured when you go back that's a exponential decrease in amount of space that they have based off of how these contracts are set up 
and it's making these teams significantly worse and it's fucking teams over and it's really fucking players over and there's just no reason it needed to get to this point yeah in fact i think it's actually really kind of stupid that the cap can go down um because if you think about it the idea is we're going to prevent teams from spending above a certain amount right in order to cap how much the rich teams the teams that have better TV deals or uh, higher general attendance are in better local areas, sell more food, whatever. Um, can't just buy all the players. Okay. Well, I am hard pressed to see a reason then for why that number would ever go down because the idea is that the upper bound would still work mm-hmm. because there's no team that wasn't going to be within $10 million of the cap at 198 that's still not going to be within that um distance of the cap at 185 if a team wasn't planning on approaching the cap to that extent when it was high they, they weren't planning on approaching that extent that that cap amount anyway all this has done has taken out um 450 million dollars out of the players pockets that's all it does mm-hmm. um which is of course why the nfl wants it or is okay with it going down for this one season um, because then they don't have to pay players because fifteen million dollars that 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 that's a, that that is a decent starting uh position position player that's a decent starting player for you, you know absolutely like fifteen million and and you know one player makes only so much of a difference on a team that is perfectly well understood but still I mean that's that's you addressing a position of need you know that's a good wide receiver too, um, mm-hmm. but. And especially when all of these teams are planning out their futures years in advance and the way they sign these players to contracts in advance, they this is all planned out. They're not just signing these contracts in a vacuum every season for every player. It's all structured and planned out and formulated so that, hey, when X, Y, and Z contracts are up in 2022, this is how much space we're going to project to have. This is how much room we're going to have. Boom, 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 boom. This stuff works out. You know, they give themselves a little flexibility, but they expect and plan for this cap to rise every single year. And when it just spontaneously falls back 15 million instead of rising 5, 10, 15 million, you know, you could have up to $30 million in differential between what was expected and what you're at. $30 million in payroll is a lot of money. That's a quarterback. That's three, you know, starting position players. Uh, it's, it's just driving me nuts that we're stuck in this situation because there's no reason to be. Yeah, and I'm sure this 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 might end up being a sticking point um, in the CBA next time, whenever the next time it is, it comes that it comes up. Um, God, I hope so. Which I'm, I'm you know, I'm sure that the, you, know, you can't anticipate these types of things happening. But now that we've seen instance X as to why the cap is going down, uh, players are going to be very interested in making sure that um, the cap doesn't go down again in the future. Because again, mm-hmm. it just seems kind of silly that it, that it that it does. Um, this is, just of, if anyone's curious, the first time the cap has gone down since 2011. Um, so in 2009, the salary cap of the NFL was 123 million dollars. 
2010, due to CBA disputes, there was no salary cap. And then in 2011, the cap got reintroduced at $120 million, which was a decrease from the $123 million, and then didn't get back to $123 million until the 2013 season. So this is the first time we've seen a cap decrease in a decade. I don't know where I was in 2010, but I, I, this is the first I'm hearing of no cap, and that's really fucking cool. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, I mean, same. I was a very avid football watcher at the time, and I have no fucking... I hadn't, I don't know about this. 2010, um, I was in seventh grade. Sixth into seventh or seventh grade. Yeah, fuck it, whatever. Either way, I was young, but old enough to, to know better and to, to know that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see what the NFL ends up doing next year because if revenues bounced back uh, above and beyond the point at which they were, uh, I guess, in 2019 when they set the cap amount at 198.2, um, will we see the cap increase like like you said, like 30 million dollars? Because that's that's just a wild amount that is also somehow kind of feasible. Um, I don't think it would leapfrog um, back up to to where it should have been this year. I I think next year we'll be getting back to about where it is now or where it was previously. Actually, I guess I guess if it's tethered to percentage increases, not amount increases. Oh, but even then, I mean, if the percentage increase in in, in revenue is. I don't know, 20% because they are allowed to have fans in, in the stands, then I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I genuinely don't know how this part of the NFL works. So we'll see. I mean, if we're being honest, do we ever actually know how any part of the NFL works? Not when it comes to money, because it's all fucking nonsense and made up, which actually this is a good point to get back to, to Dak um, and his contract on, because we didn't talk about the actual breakdown of it, which is pretty interesting uh, because Dak Prescott's contract, which is $160 million, has a $66 million signing bonus. That is fucking nuts. I can tell um, you why. Tell me why, Corwin. You can... Uh, I'm leaning any more headphones. I forget the actual financial term, but basically you can spread that $66 million out over the entirety of the contract. So signing him to a, a $1 million base salary puts his uh, uh, his cap hit at this year, $1 million plus whatever the uh, – it's like Aaronized or some – whatever, some financial term, whatever the X number is for uh, signing bonus. Fuck words. <laughs> oh, buddy, it's okay. Yeah, so – so what Corwin said, it, it it spreads out the um, amount over that time and also doesn't count against the cap um, in, quite the, in quite the same way, depending on how it gets issued. So you, if you transfer an amount of money to a signing bonus, um, It basically just goes into AAV instead of counting against that year specifically, which is a very appealing option if, say, a player is due $40 million in a given season, the team has 
thirty-six million dollars in cap space. Well, I can give you um, fifteen million dollars uh, right now as a signing bonus. Mm-hmm. Spread that out over the course of the of the contract in terms of how it's distributed across AAV, and all of a sudden now you're not owed. Um, now it's not forty million dollars against the cap. It's instead uh, thirty-five million, or however it's, it would end up truly working out. I would, <laughs> the math on that might be pretty. Pretty dodgy, but it's the basic concept. Oh, just like the rest of our math. Oh yeah. And so it it shows itself in a really wacky way. Um, so in 2021, so first off, let me just finish going through the terms. It's 66 million dollars signing bonus, 126 million dollars guaranteed. Um, it's an AAV of 40 million dollars, which means that um, Dak Prescott is going to earn by the end of that contract locked in 126 million dollars so he's he's getting for sure uh you know 31.5 or whatever million dollars per year um for Dak Prescott with the ability to earn um up to 34 million dollars on top of that uh so this season 2021 he'll be earning a base salary of 19 million dollars Sorry, not, sorry, nine million dollars. Jesus Christ, Josh, nine million dollars. He'll have a si- his signing bonus will, um, will be broken up, um, to which it'll be thirteen point two million dollars for this season. Um, so his cap hit those two numbers put together twenty two point two million dollars, and the dead cap if they cut him, which is just a hilarious number because it's also just not going to happen. Um, Ninety five million dollars, um, and then yearly cash, which I never know what that is, and it's always listed here is a $75 million. I have, I have no idea what that means. Um, but anyway, so in 2022, it'll be a base salary of $20 million. The signing bonus was, is it's going to be 13.2 for every year because it just evenly distributes like that. Cap hit's going to be $33.2 million. Uh, in 2023, his base salary is going to increase to $31 million, which makes his cap hit $44.2 million. And then the final year of his contract, 2024, um, his base salary will drop a little bit to $29 million. Um, his signing bonus will still be 13.2. And he will have a roster bonus of $5 million, which brings his total cap hit up to $47.2 million. He also has here, there's a fifth year, 2025, in which he gets a signing bonus, but isn't on the team. I'm not quite sure how this works. Uh, are you on spot track right now? Yeah. Let me pull it up. Because it, it goes, it looks like, so the way spot track usually works is there's, there's a year, the final year of your contract, and the next year shows the team symbol and UFA, unrestricted free agent. And for, Dal- for, for Dak's contract, which should run through 2024 since it's a four-year deal, uh, there's a 2025 year that has $13.2 million in it in yep. both um, signing bonus and cap hit. There's a 2026 year that just has nothing in it. And then there's a, the 2025 year again that says mm-hmm. UFA. So, so those are void years, which basically they're structured into the deal as saying, hey, we're signing you to a six-year deal with two void years after 2024 basically saying we'll void the rest of this contract, even though his base salary is, is nothing, which would allow them to spread that signing bonus out even farther. 
So it's really just a, a, a loophole, if you will, to get around um, cap hit. Gotcha. So by all means, he's going to either sign a new contract or sign an extension or get released at that point after 2024. He'll still be getting paid by the Cowboys if he signs another contract because he's still owed that money and, and, and the signing bonus is, is guaranteed. Um, but it would allow them to have that lower cap hit those other four years. Right. Um, some other fun notes. Uh, no tag clause, no trade clause. Um and he has an annual Super Bowl win plus a 50% snap incentive of $1 million, which seems very low, but whatever. Um, it's a it's yeah. a guarantee. So incentives, too, that's another cap structuring thing. Incentives don't count towards the current year's cap. So, like, if you hit these incentives and signed a – or played one snap in 2021, that doesn't count against the 2021 cap. That counts against the 2022 cap. Right. So incentives roll over to the next year. So again, just more flexibility. It's fucking them in the long term, but it's allowing them to field a team this year when it's all fucked up. The other interesting thing about this contract is that um, there is an injury guarantee, uh, I assume, on the part of the Cowboys, in which uh, in 2023, um, Dak Prescott's contract, uh, his base salary of $31 million becomes fully guaranteed on the fifth league day of 2022, which um, is, uh, and then it says in parentheses, injury guaranteed now. So I'm assuming that if for whatever reason Dak gets hurt in some significant way, the Cowboys have the ability to void that money is how I'm reading that. I don't know specifically but my assumption would be that because Dak is coming off of an injury now that's why they have that injury guaranteed now on there I don't know I I don't want to say definitively either way because I don't know for certain this is the uh, this is the part of the NFL that is so annoying to talk about because every other league just has fully guaranteed contracts so every dollar amount that you see for very much so for the most part um, is just how much the contract is worth. Um, Mike Trout signs a uh, 12 year, $450 million contract. That's how much the contract is worth. Um, Sidney Crosby signs a 10 year, 300 or I don't know how much I'm always bad with hockey contracts, a uh, 10 year, $80 million contract. It's worth $80 million. Like it, that's you want to you know how much Sid makes in a year. How much? I actually am curious. $8.7 million. Oh, I was actually pretty close. he wears number 87 and was born on August 7th, 1987. That's cute. Sidney Crosby, everyone. Yeah, he's he's, he's cute like that. Uh, and then the same thing goes for the NBA. You know, if you sign a max contract, and I forget what the value is behind a max contract right now, but like that's that's just how much that's how much you make. The NFL is really the only one where it's like, yeah, it's a one hundred sixty million dollar contract, but one hundred twenty six of it's guaranteed, and then we put the other thirty four there down to make you like feel better about how much we're paying you, but like you're not gonna get it. Um, it's yeah, go ask uh, Kyle Van Noy how much he's loving all that guaranteed money he made this year. 
Oh yeah. To see that cut. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, which hey, we're gonna sign you to this guaranteed contract and then cut you. Yeah. Which uh, makes it seem pretty not fucking guaranteed, if you ask me. Because um, that's again hey, part of the concept. Don't forget. Is that... Oh, you were still going. I was doing this. I didn't want you to stop. I was just saying, like, hey, I'm coming in after you're done, which I could see would be hard to pick up without any sort of verbal cue. Yeah. So you're welcome. Well, now that I fucked that one up, uh, just remember, Josh, this team. We're family. We take care of each other. Unless we don't have the money to pay you, then you're getting your ass thrown to the curb. Well, really, it's it's or until you no longer produce to the level at which we've determined is acceptable for your pay rate, then we're gonna cut you. Um, Yay! Because yeah, that's the other thing is like you know the reason that like the Yankees kept Jacoby Ellsbury around um, and just like let him keep trying to rehab is that either they pay him the money and he tries to rehab and maybe comes back as a productive player or they cut him and they still have to pay him anyway. And then he just goes signs for league minimum somewhere else and does the same thing and maybe becomes a productive player. Like you have to, as again, this is the silliness of the NFL contract structure, which gives the you know players like no power at all. Um, Cause why should they feel um, or be happy or financially successful later in life? But Oh well, fuck them. That's why. Essentially, that is the that is the core tenet of the NFL's um, sentiment around money, which is fuck them. Um, Anyone argues otherwise, fuck off. You are wrong. Yeah. Uh, All right. I guess let's turn this into a conversation about where teams stand against the cap now. So as I mentioned on Monday, the Pittsburgh Steelers. signed Ben Roethlisberger to a new contract. So they are now not quite in cap hell. They have $6.1 million of cap space as it stands today. Again, that number is very much so subject to change as we are still in a period of uh, players getting cut and players getting signed and reworking of contracts. And it's, it's going to be a number in flux for ever, basically. Um, no, exactly that literally forever. Yeah. I, there's just no point. Um, and trying to figure it out. So, but as it stands today, they, they were exceedingly negative and now they are um, minorly positive. So that's certainly um, something I guess to feel decent about. And if you're a Steelers fan, it's not a great feeling because there's not too much you can do with that, but you're not, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to cut anybody you love, I guess. Um, well, Bud Dupree's gone, but yeah, Bud's gone. I, I think with the free agents that we have to sign, there's still more cuts to be had. I think uh, if I genuinely had to guess, I think Joe Hayden's gone. Um, I mean, obviously we'll see in the coming days how that ends up turning out. Um, but I, I forget what it's like. Black Monday, that was the the end of the stock market as we knew it back in the day, right? I think this is going to be black week of march 8th i didn't think that went through before i said it again Words the eyes of march man the eyes like, of march shit that's a good one <sighs> fuck out of here man making me look bad it doesn't take much. i'm making myself look bad but you're not helping no i'm not i'm not i'm not here to help with that 
<laughs> um, <laughs> so teams that are still negative, uh, the Bucks are minorly negative, 2.8 million below or over the cap. Uh, Packers sitting at 8.3, Falcons at 14.4. These are all in millions, of course. Um, the Chiefs at negative 21.2. Heesh. Uh, the Bears. Wait, hold on. The Bears are at are $22.5 million over the cap, and Bears fans are talking about the possibility of them trading for Russell Wilson? Yeah, they're going to trade Russell Wilson in exchange for all of their expenses, and the Seahawks are going to eat all of his salary. I, I mean, yeah, they'd have they'd have to they'd seriously have to trade um assuming that the Seahawks retain all of Russell Wilson's salary, like why would they? Um they the Bears would have to include Khalil Mack in that trade, um which you can debate the likelihood of either way if should it have happened, but whatever. Or um some combination of Kyle Fuller and <laughs> Nick Foles, um, Roquan Smith, uh, or like Eddie Goldman, um, or just more players the farther down you go in their um, their depth chart. It's fucking st- fuck the Bears and your stupid ass fans. And if you're listening to this from uh, Chicago, Bears, fuck you too. Um, pick better teams, but no, not really though. That that's 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 crazy. God damn. Yeah, there's. How are they this bad and this over the cap? <laughs> you know Ryan Pace. I don't know. Wow. Which brings us to the next team, which is the Eagles, um, who are sitting at negative twenty five point four million dollars in cap space. Um, yeesh. Now they are talking <laughs> about moving on from Zach Ertz, which would save them. Um, oh wow, only five million dollars because he carries seven point mm-hmm. seven million dollars of dead cap. Well, I guess if they traded him. They'd probably be able to move on from the whole twelve point four million. Um, but like the problem with that this year is like, where do you find a team that has the space to take on that kind of money? You know. And then like, the thing is, even if you do, and like, the need, even even if you do, and you moved on from that twelve point four million dollars, there's still there's still um, fucking thirteen million in the hole. They'd have to also move on from Brandon Brooks or Javon Hargrave, Blaine Johnson. I guess you could say Fletcher Cox would solve um, a lot of their problems, but it's again, like what the hell do you do with him? And you can't just cut him because he has a $21 million um, dead cap, which, which means they'd still be in the hole. I think Javon Hargrave would be a relatively easy cap uh, sacrifice just because, you know, the nose tackle position is not one that's on the field for a significant percentage of snaps uh, on a regular basis. So I, I think they could afford to cut him. And, you know, the problem with cutting a guy like Fletcher Cox or, you know, uh, any one of these other, you know, premier starters is you still got to replace them. You got to replace the snaps. You got to replace the talent. You got to, you still got to field a competitive team. That's tough when you cut your good players, believe it or not. Um, so a guy like Javon Hargrave who makes a good amount of money is a good player. Didn't quite live up to his contract at this point and doesn't play a significant number of stats of uh, snaps. That's a cap casualty that I think would make uh, for a relatively easy cut. 
All right. I can get behind it. I yeah. I understand all the words you said. For, it's the exact same reason the Steelers didn't uh, re-sign him last year. It's just, you know, the math doesn't work out. No. Um, well, let's get into the, the two darlings of the hey. cap hell um, inferno that, that, that this is. And that is the New Orleans Saints sitting at $30.2 million over the cap. And the Los Angeles Rams sitting at $32.1 million over the cap. Um, wow. It's, it's They're just so fucked. Now, the Rams... Sorry, not the Rams. The Saints number does still currently include Drew Brees' $12.2 million cap hit for this season. If Drew Brees retires... That goes away, and there are only $18 million in the hole. That's pretty likely to happen. Um, the problem is they're still going to have to move on from some talent somewhere, and it's it's going to be ugly because um, they're a really talented team, but they're a really talented team because they paid a lot of players to be really talented. Right. Um, so there's no one making like a there's no one there's no twenty million dollar players on on the Saints. Every the highest paid player on the Saints is Michael Thomas at eight point eight million dollars. First off, you're obviously not getting rid of Michael Thomas, um, but you know you're going to have to get rid of a few guys to make up that difference, and it's just going to be uh, horrifying for where that comes from. God, and then it's going to be bad, like especially the fact that the saints also franchise tagged marcus williams which i get it like marcus williams great safety great player can you afford to like it's one thing if you re-sign him under that number or structure it you know similar similarly to the way they structured Dak, where large signing bonus you spread it out over uh, a decent number of years it alleviates some of that cap pressure franchise tagging him for over 10 million dollars for uh was he played strong safety free safety uh listen i i trust loomis to make these kind of roster decisions you know he's a great gm i i i have a tough time just immediately jumping to you know that decision and and supporting it. it it's just it's a lot of money for a player and it's a great player, but you don't really have that kind of money to, to spend on luxuries. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a confusing position to be in. I mean, the maybe, maybe NFL GMs know something that we don't about the strong safety position because between um, this and the 10,000 times more confounding choice that the Seahawks made of trading two first round picks for Jamal Adams, um, fucking maybe they have a completely different value around the strong safety position in the short term than we could ever surmise, but it's uh weird. It's fucking weird. Um, Cause I, yeah, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. Maybe, maybe they thought they had to use the franchise tag. Somebody just said, Oh, you have to use your franchise tag every year. Yeah, so they were like, "Oh God, guys, who, who, who do we franchise tag? We have to use it, or we'll get, we'll get fined." Who has the lowest possible um, cap hit this year that we could sacrifice? So I, um, 
I was scrolling through the the Saints uh, roster and I saw Ryan Glasgow, and for a hot second I thought that said Tyler Glass now, and I was like, whoa, why is he on the Saints? Why is he yep. playing defensive tackle? <laughs> yep, I've been there before. I've uh I've made that mistake because guess what? Their names are very similar, and there's several of them in the NFL. There's Glass now, Rag now, and then Rag I just now, I, then now I just scrolled yeah. past Carl Granderson, and for a hot second thought I saw Curtis yes. Granderson, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're popping out of the woodwork. What are all these MLB players doing in my NFL? In my NFL, <laughs> Shy Tuttle. That's a hilarious name. Wait, why? Wait, Kittle? wait, wait. This guy's name is actually Lil Jordan. That's his real first name. Oh, uh, yeah. Lil Jordan Humphreys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's actually Lil Jordan in real life. I mean, that's what it, it's listed it's as. like his legal name right now. Uh, Wikipedia. Yeah, no, that's his, that's his birth name. Lil Jordan. Lil wow. Jordan. Is his dad's name Jordan? It does not say. That is just a that's just a wild name. Um, all right, buddy. Good on you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. His real name is Lil Jordan Malik Humphrey. Malik spelled M A L E A K. Malik. How about uh? I almost mispronounced that horribly until i realized and it clicked in my head yeah how about uh how about our 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 good friend sitting here at tackle uh calvin throckmorton just sounds disgusting yeah that sounds like that sounds like a fucking venereal disease throckmorton calvin throckmorton yeah, Cal- I mean Calvin. That's enough of a struggle as it is. Gus Cumberlander, their defensive end. Gus Cumberlander. That's a hell of a name. Gus Cumberlander received a one thousand dollars signing bonus. That is a hilarious signing bonus. One thousand dollars is the uh, legal cost to change your name. I'm sure. I'm sure that is the only reason. That's the way it is. Man, could you imagine getting a $1,000 signing bonus? I mean, like, it's money. You take it. But it's like, God damn, that is just. Imagine walking into the the team facilities the day after you get your $1,000 signing bonus, which is also the day after Dak gets his, like, $66 million signing bonus. And you're fucking, you know, walking in, got your $1,000 and ones just like throwing them everywhere yeah it's party i'm fucking rich and dak walks in with just like duffel bags of cash because that's how the nfl works you bring your money with you every day <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i think that's what the kids call stunting um yeah it's, it's like old. yeah you know dak and i combined for 66.001 million dollars in signing bonus it's like that's not getting you very far well, what is it? Uh, how many uh, points did Wayne Gretzky and his brother combine for in the NHL? His brother had four. That's all I remember. Um, it's like, hey. So um, whatever the max is, plus four. Hey, Gus Cumberlander, what are you going to do with your signing bonus? I'm going to buy most of a plane ticket. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Come to buy most of a plane ticket to it's Europe. So real. <laughs> I'm gonna buy three nights at a nice hotel. <laughs> or uh ish. It depends. Yeah. Not again, not trying to say that like a thousand dollars isn't a lot of money to, to, to people because hey, again, I ain't turned out a thousand the, the federal government's planning on giving us all twelve hundred dollars. That's gonna change my whole month. All right. Oh, but at the same time, when we're talking about the NFL, which deals in millions and millions of dollars, one thousand dollars is just hilarious. I'm I'm not confident that some players would pick great. that up off off a bench. Uh, God, I would love to find a thousand dollars on a fucking bench somewhere. Hook me up, guys. That'd be great. Thanks, God. Thanks, Jesus. Uh yeah, man. I really don't have much much else here. Um, this caps the cap situation is going to be really wacky. And I, I, when do they have to be under the cap by? Next Wednesday, next Thursday, middle of the week next week. Oh shit! Oh fuck! Yeah, no, it's it's. Oh shit! <laughs> it's rough. Oh no, that's not good. That is uh, that is a problem. Yeah, no kidding. It's uh, it's not something I think these teams are really excited for. Some of these teams, how about these fucking players? It's one thing to be like on on a team like the Jets, where it's like, all right, you know, they're gonna cut some players, but you know, it just to just for like roster maintenance and shit. It's nothing to be on one of the five teams that's twenty million dollars in the hole, and everybody is basically on the cutting board. Like it's. At that point, it's not even like, you know, guys on the roster bubble that are concerned. It's like literally everyone on that team is like, I could get cut tomorrow. I'm an all pro left tackle. I could get cut tomorrow because there's there's nothing I can do about it. I just want to point out the fact that the Saints wouldn't be in so dire of a situation if they if uh, they, they didn't give Taysom Hill that stupid fucking contract. And he's now the third highest paid player on the team. Hey Saints, why'd you do that? That's really fucking stupid. He's your if, third string if quarterback. If I was a frog, if if I was a frog, I'd be sipping a cup of tea right now, real satisfied, just like. Yep. I oh man. Yeah. No. I mean, if I, I get it, I get it. If if uh, if Drew Brees retires, that means that that. Their fifth highest paid player is going to be Ryan Ramchick. Oh wait, no, I'm thinking of um, which Kyle Yuschick. Sorry, never mind. Oh, I was yeah, thi- yeah. I was thinking of the Kyle wrong... Yuschick, a fullback. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Ramchick, their right, right tackle. tackle, all yeah. pro right tackle. Never mind. Yeah, I was going to make fun I'm of okay him for that. having two. I'm okay with positions. him being a high paid player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that, that that makes sense. I was yeah, I was the one who was up. wrong. Um. Man, they're so well, what fucked. Else is new? They're they sh- they sh- you know what they should do? They should trade Michael Thomas. They you should trade no, him to no. the Jets. We keep saying that. We keep saying how fucked they are. How like this is a nightmare. They're never going to do it. They'll figure it out. Cap space ain't real. They'll fucking just figure it Imagine out. Imagine you could trade cap space. Because the I, MLB I, I does a version of this. It. Because the way that you sign international players in the MLB 
is you do so through the international signing bonus system um, because you don't – most international players, players from Latin America and Asia most of the time, um, they don't get drafted. They, they don't enter into the rookie draft. So what teams do is they send scouting departments around uh, countries that have really populous baseball um, leagues and, and programs – and then they'll they'll just go to a player and be like, "Do you want to play for the Blue Jays? Do you want to play for the Pirates? Well, not the Pirates. Um, do you want to you want to play for the Astros?" And players will go like, "Yeah." And the problem with that is that if you're a rich team like the Dodgers or the Yankees, you can just go to every high profile um, international player's house and be like, "I'm going to give you nine million dollars. That doesn't affect um, my luxury tax threshold to play for me." Um, in like six years when you're ready and they'll all go or next year, if it's in Asia and they have the NPB and those players pretty much just go straight over uh, and the players will go. Yeah. And the problem with that is again, rich teams will just buy all the players. So there's a pool, there's a total pool of money and you can trade that money. So, and you see it every now, it's usually pretty low key because it's not um, a significant, significant quantity of money. It's not like roster level money, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's money. And so it's not uncommon to see that, you know, uh, the Orioles are going to trade away uh, Michael Givens to the Angels in exchange for $5 million of international signing bonus money and a player to be named later. And Mm -hmm. it's literally exchanging a player for cap space, essentially, is what that international signing bonus money is. And we've seen the concept of doing this a couple times in the NFL with mainly the Brock Osweiler trade. Um, but you got to admit, it'd be interesting. It would be, it would definitely fuck with competitive balance, which at this point, fucking sure. I don't care. Let's get weird with it. Um, it would make it a lot more confusing. I feel like, which again, can't get any well it can get worse but i don't care uh so let's uh let's roll with it why not let's get fucking weird man don't know how much uh i forgot the sunny quote but let's get weird with it because seriously imagine imagine you're a team that's bad you're the cleveland browns four years ago um Mm -hmm. you have nothing but cap space but you're also not going to try to be good yet because you don't have any good players. So you're not just going to sign players. I'm instead, I'll trade uh, the Texans because at the time they were trying to get better. I'll trade the Texans uh, $30 million in cap space in exchange for their second round pick. Mm -hmm. Texans would take that. They're trying to be good right away. Use that $30 million, go sign some more free agents. And the second round pick doesn't affect them that much because they're trying to be good right now. And second round pick might only help them out in three years. My my only concern there would be, you know, one of the biggest things the NFL has going for it is parity. You know, any given Sunday, any team can win. Any season, any team can, you know, go to the playoffs, win the division, shit like that. You make this move, you make this change, and all of a sudden, I think it's very much allowing tanking to be feasible in a way that it's not now. And I think that would severely affect the competitive balance. Uh, 
I think though, I think it might shorten the period of time it takes to tank by allotting teams to use more of their resources to build capital faster. Because your tanking would definitely still be a thing. Like you're totally right. Like the Cleveland Browns would still have tried to be bad. Who's someone trying to be bad? The Jacksonville Jaguars still, still would have tried to be bad this past season, um, or at least not been good. Um, but by giving them the ability to trade away this one commodity that they have and build draft capital around it or whatever, um, it might expedite the process to which the Jaguars might not be like because the Browns were bad for years in part because they kept picking all the wrong players, uh, but also because they were, their roster was destitute. And it took them several years of drafting just to get enough players to be competitive. And if they had just straight up more fucking picks, it might help them to be better quicker in the same way that a team, you know, picking 32nd like the Patriots every year. Oh, the Patriots actually really rely on their role player guys, but I don't know, maybe like the Seahawks, um, you know, those players aren't having as net positive an effect as that 30-second um, overall pick might on a team like Jacksonville. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not convinced because this is an idea I came up with moments ago. <laughs> uh, but it would be fucking do things here. Yeah, but I mean it it would be it would be interesting just because you know I think I think the universal idea is that if you tank properly, a rebuild should be able to take place within three seasons. I think is a fair amount of time for you to accrue enough talent and for that talent to mature. Um, this might really shorten that. Even even two seasons is a big difference. Mm. I definitely think it's possible. Um, you know, I'm I'm still stuck somewhere in that gray area of of what i think would be the most likely outcome of you know allowing teams to tank faster would allow for faster recoveries and shit teams are gonna fuck it up regardless so this might just perpetuate that into eternity what if they set a limit like you are able to trade up to 10 million dollars worth of cap Again, I, I can't see why I'd be against that at this point. But again, the amount of thought I'm putting into this uh, is limited to my attention span at this very moment, which by all means probably isn't the strongest at uh, any point in my life. So it sounds like it would be a good idea, but I'm not going to commit to it firmly. I just want chaos, man. I just want shit to get wild, wacky, and weird. Let's get fun with it. Um, it would also be interesting because then it, it would lead to, uh, like, for instance, if let's say you could trade $10 million um, just for the fun of it. Then the Packers, in theory, could trade, I don't know, a third-round pick and then not have to make any substantive cuts anywhere and just keep the team that they had in place in place because mm-hmm. um, they're only $8 million over the cap, trade for $10 million of cap space, Hey, you got some wiggle room. Um, obviously, they'd still do some cuts to be able to have additional wiggle room for the trade deadline and all that type of shit. But uh, still, um, I don't know. I think uh, I think I like the idea of, of of more ability to make the most out of the um, tools at your disposal. Uh, it's it's like it's one of the no- annoying things. Like MLB does a, is a fun job with that with international signing bonus money, but it's a pretty small scale thing. 
Um, but the MLB doesn't let you trade draft picks, which is weird. Um, so I think you should be able to trade everything. You're going to tell me I can trade coaches and I can't trade draft picks. Well, that's duh, lunacy. Fucking shinch, Josh. Goofy. But all right. All right. Outside of that harebrained last minute idea, I have nothing else to say. Uh, you got anything Never else brewing anything up there? No. No. All right. Do I have anything else brewing up there? No, of course I don't, Josh. I never have anything brewing up there. True, true. It's just a haze of pot smoke and half-formed sentences. Damn right. The reefer. I heard someone say that the other day, and it really brought, uh, gave me a, a good giggle. Littering and littering and littering and smoking the reefer. God love super troopers fucking phenomenal phenomenal um, movie all right then we're gonna wrap it up here if you want to follow the show <clears throat> on twitter you do so at juicing pod you want to find me on twitter you can do so at joshua d tracy you want to find corwin on twitter corwin what the fuck is your twitter handle i have no idea uh, i think it's at corwin heller if and i'm gonna roll with that if corwin's wrong me. he'll correct it in the next episode <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's correct. All right. If you want to uh, hit us up via email, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye.